I'm Jason Sylvia, and this is The Creative Capital Show. A show about creative people and how those creative people turn into entrepreneurs by taking their creativity and turning it into a business and facing all the trials and tribulations along the way. There are people out there who choose the business they want to start or be a part of. But what happens when the business chooses you? And what happens when that business is the family business? That's the story of this episode's guest, Mikey Fengli. Mikey is the manager of Asian Bakery and Fast Food, a family-run business with an interesting name and an even more interesting history. In this episode, Mikey talks about what happens when a profession and its responsibilities are thrust upon you how to balance the traditions of the past with the constant changes of the future, using your personal story to help brand your business, how food crosses cultural boundaries, and how doing the small things right can build love for you and your business. And it all starts with a banh mi sandwich. Enjoy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for, for having uh, me. Thanks for doing this. Or um, I should maybe not Mike. Maybe uh, people know you as 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 Tiny Giant. Yeah. And so let's, let's go with that. Let's just how, how did you get that name? Okay. Uh, funny story. Um, I was in Thailand and um, and my mom and my dad they're from a region called Udon Tiny. And I was like, wow, Tiny. I was like, I, I could do something with that. And it just so happened to be, you know, I was watching this volleyball anime Haikyuu, and they call him the Little Giant. And I'm like. I can't go with that, but I love the anime so much. I was like, you know what? Tiny Giant. Let me just put a little spin on that. And only one person has ever like questioned me about how I got that name. And she was like, wait, hold on, hold on. She just like had it like click in the moment, like messaged me about it. And she was like, yo, is your name from Haikyuu? And I was like, yo, yeah, you're the first person to ask me that. And I'm just like, yeah, I like it because I, I, I love volleyball. I love, you know, just like playing around. You know, I'm not a professional in any way, but, you know, I'll play, I'll play volleyball here and there and fuck around. I feel like just that name from like a font and phonetic perspective and then also from like logos. And now that I know it's part of an anime, I feel, I feel like you need to really just hone in on the branding of that. But that's maybe a different, different conversation <laughs> for a different time because we only got so much time on the show. Yeah, but, absolutely. But I, like... I'm like, man, now 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 you really got me thinking I'm like, he needs to have that on business cards, stickers, some kind of web show. Maybe maybe you you do stuff with with Bon Me sandwiches, which we're gonna get into that in a bit. But speaking about being a professional athlete, Oof. uh you because you went to classical high school, and for those listening to the show that are not from the province of Rhode Island area, I will have my first guest that's not from the Rhode Island area. I promise everybody that that will be coming up. Uh but for those of you that are in the province of Rhode Island area or who are not from province of Rhode Island, classical is a high school in Providence. And you went there and you were a you were an athlete in the what was it like um track shot put, track and field? Yeah. You wanna go into that a little bit? Um, you know, the this woman named uh Man Manny, I actually I don't know if those are correct pronouns, but I'm gonna assume that they are. Um, you know, freshman year, you know, she looks at me and she's like, Hey, you should come and try to do track and field and I was like Mm, okay that sounds interesting i show up and then 
you know, they put me on a weight throw. This is what, the first freshman year, so it's indoor season right in fall, winter. And coach is like, yo, you're good. I mean, for me, it's like I didn't really care about the sport like that, but it's like, hey, if I just need to throw, like, you know, push a heavy object as far as I can, wonderful, let's do that. You know, not enough, like, you know, freshmen, nobody, at least around me, we're not looking at, like, technique and all that. We're just like, we're men. We're going to push this ball as far as we can. And, like, that freshman year was so funny because, like, we would yell when we, when we would push or, like, you know, throw the weights because, like, we saw YouTube videos do it. So why not? You know, maybe it made us throw a little further, whatever the case may be. But, like, after freshman year, you know, I stopped all that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really, you know, get too involved with, like, the whole yelling aspect of it. It wasn't my thing. Once you hit like that varsity, it was like, yeah, no, it wasn't really for me. <laughs> I have a question in the sense of like, you know, you were doing like the athlete thing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did you always have this love of food? Because like what I've noticed from just like your social media, like your Instagram and stuff is that you're a lover of food. But what I think is awesome that you're a lover of food that's like not pretentious about it. Like you're not just like, I'm going to go to this place and eat for the gram or because it's like the hot spot. Like. And you're even going outside of Providence, like you're going to other towns and like eating their food, whether it's like mm-hmm. their version of fast food, bar food, whatever. So how did this love of food develop and like go and going to all these different restaurants? Was that something growing up or was that something that is more recent in your life? It's a mixture. I think I grew up loving food. Um, might be on a kind of, of, a, of a coping mechanism. Um, you know, there's a little side note. I'm not going to expand on it too much, but... Uh, so my dad, he used to cook for me. Like it's a, it's a very fond memory, which is why, like to this day, I'll I'll die on this hill saying, like, if I could have like my last meal, my you know one meal for the rest of my life, it's rice and fried eggs with soy sauce. It's like the first meal that I was taught to cook. It was the first meal that like, yo, I come home from school, it's gonna be ready for me. So I loved food growing up. My dad was a cook. Um, you know. Unfortunately, he passed way back in like 2007, along with my sister. Small little detail. Yeah. Um, so I've always been around food, but I like food. I, you know, I don't really care about, I guess, people's opinions so much. Like, yo, food is fucking delicious. Food is amazing. I love food. Food can only get better. Imagine being born in like the 1800s and eating boiled chicken. Fuck that. <laughs> we got like we got juicy grilled chicken now. Imagine that grilled chicken not being like ridiculously dry. Doesn't happen often. Food can only get better. And it's like the only thing that is either better or worse is if like, shit, did you fuck up? <laughs> did you fuck up the food? Because like there's ways to make it great. So it's not. And it's not great. It's not, so what happened? <laughs> so what happened? You know, like did you not pay attention? Whatever. What'd you do? <laughs> Pretty much. You know, it's like food can only get better from here. There's no going back. So it's like, you're here to eat good. And I was like, I want to eat good. Like, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to want to eat whatever I want. Deliciously. I want it. I want it all. Especially if it's like within the price range. And like, you know, during the pandemic, my big thing was like, hey, yo, you're supporting a local business. Keep eating out. (laughs) You've been working all day. You do not want to cook for yourself to go home to. You're ordering takeout for dinner. Just keep supporting local businesses, you know, like North. I, I, I ordered for them like twice a week eating chirashi because I was like, yeah, give me some rice and sashimi. This shit's amazing. I love it. 
Uncle Sushi too. I actually grew up around um, the owner's uh, sons, uh, Jordan and Tyson. Um, my dad used to be really good friends with them before um, he passed. So, you know, I was always growing around them. So, like, I'm, like, pretty well connected with, like, a lot of other, like, local Asian businesses, supermarkets and stuff, just because I always grew up around them. There was a number of things that you touched upon, which is going to lead into questions later on. Yeah, I just go off is, on a tangent. Wait, no, no, sorry. no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I, I encourage the tangents because, like, then it makes it seem like I planned all this ahead of time, and I, I never do on any, of the, on any of these shows. So mm. it just, it just seems like it's seamless, but it really isn't, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but I do have a question in the sense of, you know, you're talking about your family and how food and family are. It seems like they're integrated with, you know, in your life, like food integrated into family. So the reason why I got you on the show is because you run, you know, and cook at to my you know to my knowledge, unless like f- you know, feel free to correct me, mm-hmm. Asian Bakery, and I actually found out about you through the through Die House, um, really, okay. which is another another episode, uh, folks, um, that's going to be coming out soon. So just going to do a little shameless uh, cross Jake was already on here. Awesome. Um, yep. So like that 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 episode's going to be coming out soon as well. Uh, how Die House, but like found out about you through Die House. And, um, you know, just like looking at everything. So a couple of things, one, it's called Asian bakery. Why, why just the name Asian bakery and why not like use your, you know, use your family's name and and whatnot. And then the second part of the question is it's a family run business. Like how long has your family had that? Or I'm assuming it's a family run business. It Mm -hmm. seems like it. How long has your family had that business for? Okay, so part one, uh, Asian Bakery is named that because my mama did not want to go through the fees to change the name. She did not want to go through multiple reinspections and everything to get the name changed at the time, and we just rolled with it. Um, the previous owner, um, I know her as Khan. I don't know if that's her real name, but I know her as Khan, and she was the original owner way back in like probably early 90s, maybe even the late, late 80s, but she had it for at least, I want to say at least like 10 years because like I remember... You know, being a kid at like three, four years old. So this is probably like, what, 2000, 2001. And I would like go inside the shop. So I at least know that she had up until probably like 2003, 2004, something like that. Um, but she had Asian Bakery. Um, and what's nuts is she actually used to do a buffet style too for like high school kids. And she made, I think she pretty did a, an amazing job with it. For the people that don't know, like, just can you iterate on like what, what, what you mean by buffet style? Buffet style, she used to be like the Chinatown on Thayer. Okay, I, I get you. Yeah, Which, she was just having boxes and scooping it and still making banh mi's. I, I, I also don't get the appeal of Chinatown on Thayer. Like, it's not bad, but I don't get why there's a line. And I live on Thayer, like, so I really don't understand. But Are you drinking enough? Even so, I won't. <laughs> I, well, I would, I would much rather go to go to go to a U and you know and get and get better food in my in my humble opinion. But you're not openly. But if you were, or oh man, I just yeah, I. But that's another conversation. No, that's, for another, another, time. that's another conversation. We're, we're not getting into the late night bond means. That's, yeah. that's a story for another day. But um, so your your family, like why why did that uh person I guess sell the business um if if you know that I actually that. don't know. I, oh, think, okay. I think she's just like you know like. Anything like and most, I think most people like reach this at some point in like restaurant industry is that it's very tiring and stressful. It's a lot of work, you know. It's like it's yeah, you have your opening close hours, but then you also have your oh, I got to go in way before those opening hours, and I also have to stay much later than the closing hours. And it was it was just this one single person, or was it this person's family? Oh, I think it was this person's family. I think it might have sure. been um, her. She might have had like some side help, but like I was definitely way too young to remember. Um, 
But then at some point, she didn't want it. My aunt took it over. Um, I don't think my aunt did too great with it, to be honest. But then at some point, um, just, you know, we could, we're going to probably come back to this a few more times. But um, after um, my father and my sister passed, they, my mom, she was like, well, you know, what do I do? I don't know how else to make money. I can't go get a corporate job. I can't do this and also take care of a 10-year-old son. So she's like, I know how to cook. My aunt was also like, I don't want really want the store like this right now. And like, so my mom took it over. Um, so she's like, you know, and we like probably we struggled for a while, you know, from what, like 2000. So we probably took it in like 2008 or like late 2007. And like things didn't get too great until like, 2013 14 you know it was like a lot of years of like you know so like kind of like you really had to go through the trenches for that um and like most businesses get that i think i want to say like unless they have already established themselves you're gonna go through the trenches for a while so is that in the sense like the transition because so if i'm understanding you correctly asian bakery existed always this one person had it they, for whatever reason, decided they're like, "Hey, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm out. I'm out the game." Your aunt wants to take it over. Mm-hmm. Your aunt takes it over for I'm guessing maybe a couple few years, a couple of years, not doing so great. Then you have you know your father and your sister pass away. Your mom's like, "How else am I gonna make money? I do know how to cook." And was it just more of a timing thing where your aunt is like, hey, I don't want this anymore, and your mom's like, "Hey, I need this business in a way to make money," and it just kind of worked out. Pretty much. And then your mom, I know that that's actually a good tactical move, I guess, for people out there. If you're taking over a business, you don't change the name. I'm guessing I didn't realize that. Like, you don't have to go through inspections or like. Yeah, you know, you just took it over. You just keep paying the taxes. Like, I mean, I don't know how different it is now because, like, every you know, rules are always changing, whatever the case may be. But especially in Providence, where it seems like it's every other month. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I keep seeing a different email from one department or another. But it's like, yeah, you know, you take it over, you develop your, take your LLC. I mean, I'm, I'm too young to know any of this, but like, you know, that my mom had it, like, you know, she set it all up and whatever. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Did your mom have a background in like the food service restaurant industry or no? Not really, no. So my mom's from Thailand. She, you know, she only actually really knew how to maybe make Thai desserts. And that's like between like steaming and I want to say baking. But not like, you know, some cakes and stuff like that. But it's just like baking, like almost like custards and stuff. I don't even know how to like describe it well. But she was more of like that. My dad was the one who like did food. So food was not something that was like necessarily on, you know, the plan. But it's like, well, when you're backed up into a corner, what's your other option? Was your mom in a different line of work before that or? No, she was doing something similar, but we like uh, were doing it out of the house. Okay, I got yeah. you. This is the part where I'm going to be like, yeah, we ain't going to get into that part. Okay. Technically illegal. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. You know, you can't really sell out your house without licenses and stuff like that. So, yeah. I feel like, like, funny enough, though, maybe it's the timing of the show that a lot of those, quote, unquote, technically illegal businesses happen. There's a bunch. There's so many. During the pandemic Yo, in all sorts of cities. And I'll tell you right now. I was buying them, but like if I didn't, if, but if I didn't know the person personally, I was not yeah, purchasing. Yeah, different story. I'm like, yo, I really had to like trust you to be like, okay, your house is clean enough for me to like. Eat You're not gonna it. accidentally kill me. Yeah, you know, like you gotta take a judge of character here. So, 
your mom takes over the business and you're a young kid. Was it in the plan that, because I, I find this, in, I find this interesting when it comes to like family run businesses is that sometimes like they'll tell like the, you know, the kids in the family, like, Oh no, as soon as you're of age where it's like the, the department of labor is not going to like come and sue my ass. You're working in the, You're working in this damn store. You're working in this, in this shop. And then some, and then, but other families, they're like, no, you don't have to do this. Like go get a job on your own. See what you can do. What was it for you? Was it in the plans? Like, did your mom have it in the plans that like, Oh yeah, you're going to work here. Or was that a difference? Or, and if that was the case, did you actually want to work there? Or was there a resistance? Like, I really don't want to, I want to do this. It was half and half. So, like, the better part of, like, let's see, so, I mean, the whole point of growing up is that you also mentally grow. You know, everybody's human, whatever. Everybody has to make their choices. And it's not until I think, like, everybody in a family business is, doesn't realize this, but, like, sometimes your parents didn't have a choice. They are human. You, you can't blame them for everything. And, like, that took me a long time to grasp that concept. Like, I hated Asian bakery growing up because I felt like I was robbed of a childhood. Like so, you were you were you working there like super early? Yeah, no, 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 it wasn't even that. It was just like you know, like after school, boom, gotcha. Store. Um, anything store holidays store like we were working. Like if anything knows about Asian bakery, it's one we're cash only and we're open almost every single holiday. July fourth, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, we're gonna be there for a few hours, guaranteed. And I hated it, and like even now, I still kind of hate it because like it's just rough, and it's just busy, but like gotta get your back <laughs> um but like it, it probably wasn't until like what um so like you know hating it and everything i was like the only way out is to go to school that's the only way like i have to be able to be good enough to get out do something else that can make money that can rival whatever this is and my mom was cool with that in the sense of like hey if you can make more money you got to go make more money whatever you choose to do i'm, I'm gonna say this because i tell a lot of like students this but it's like yo if you can avoid having a you know a, a job um in high school don't get a job if you can you'll you like you see the fast cash and everything and you think you can like oh yeah i could keep doing this and make more money now you're gonna go to college or whatever you do and you're gonna realize hey yo you was working probably like 23 hours a week yeah you probably see like a few hundred bucks that's cool but now when you go to school, you're not working those 23, 30 hours. At least like the average person is not. Some people are built different and hey, props to you. But that wasn't me. I couldn't do it. So like, you know, going to school and trying to maintain some money. Because my mom wasn't going to give me money. She ain't got enough money to give me to, you know, do school, have side money and all this. So once I realized like it's not possible for me to maintain money and school, I was like, which one has to go? And it's like, I need money. What were you going to school for? Originally, I was going for nursing. Oh, where, where were you going? Uh, Rick at first, and then I like dropped out somewhere, I think like October or something like that, maybe maybe November. And I was just like, yeah, this isn't it. It was just like, I, I wouldn't have called it mental health at the time, but I was just like, yo, I can't do this. Like, it's just not possible. So was it just strictly like, hey, I need money more than school, and that's what pretty much decision. i mean you know it's like when you're functioning on like you know at least always having 300 dollars a week just like for yourself or whatever the reason may be and, and, and then drops down to like under 100 it's like fuck i you know i barely got enough to eat and then i also got to take the bus to school and everything like that and mind you um because my my mom just recently retired 
because of all the stuff with COVID this mm-hmm. year, but she was a nurse for decades. So like, and that that's like another thing, like nursing, she went to CCRI and like, they actually have a really good nursing program, but like yes, nursing is not an easy thing from a school standpoint. No. So like, like, and you're, you, like, you're like, you're, you're picking hard mode and you need like, <laughs> and it's less because like, you know, you ask anybody who's a nurse and they're like, yeah, how much did you really need from things? Like, yeah, you didn't need all that, but, but you had to like learn it to get the grade and all this. And it's like, okay. But, you know, and then I tried again at CCRI probably like a year later. Tried like twice. I went to college like two years. What made you want to do nursing, actually? That's a question I got. Honestly, I think I just liked kind of taking care of people. But then, oof, one day, I realized it wasn't it. Gotcha. I, to deal with people that simply just can't understand or don't understand why doctors do the things that they do or whatever the case is, I'm just like... I, I can't do I can't deal with this, yo. Know, like So it so it was a combination of things if you really it was yeah. like the hey, I'm exhausted, hey, I need money more than I need this right now, and you're realizing it wasn't for you, so you weren't why keep going down that path. Pretty much. And so was your mom's reaction one of like she was happy that she has help at the store now that you're coming in? Or was it more like all right, cool, like you know, you're you're on board now? It's, I don't think she admitted, but she was definitely disappointed that I didn't keep going to school. Because, like, I, you know, I think for every, you know, like, first generation, um, American-born, whatever, your parents want you to go to school. They want you to graduate because they think it's the only way out. And go along with that previous statement of, like, hey, your parents are human. Because, like, for them, and, like, you know, especially, like, I think our parents' generation, our grandparents, whatever, like, college and school and times are definitely changing where that's not the guarantee they but like for them in in their life experience and what they know school was a way out school equaled you automatically got more money you got a better job you got better this so then obviously they're gonna want that for the generation that they create correct yeah but like you know i don't think it's said often enough but the degree devalued once people of color started getting them and I don't think people are like ready to necessarily have that conversation. But once it became so accessible to so many people, variety of people, it's like, yeah, no, like, I'm not, I wouldn't even like discredit folks or anything like that. But like, not so many places care about your bachelor's degree anymore. Well, yeah, like bachelor's is becoming like the new high school degree. Now. Pretty it's, much. It's almost, it's almost like the prerequisite to get like an entry level job is now the bachelor's. Yeah, because like I say jokingly, but I know it's true out there. But like, you know, there's some job requirements. They're like, hey, we need you to have a master's, three years of experience, and we're going to pay you $15 an hour. Pretty sure there's a job like that out there somewhere right now. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you know, it's just how it is. And I'm like, fuck that. No, I can't do like long i think for a long time i think i always knew that i couldn't work for somebody else because i have a problem with like authority almost (laughs) like i'm not the biggest fan and like growing up in an asian household that's kind of all it is you're kind of raised under authority and like at some point i kind of stopped like caring like i don't feel as though i need to be obligated to do anything and like they saw it as disrespectful. I was just like, I don't really care. Like, I just want to do what I do and go about my day. If you feel disrespected, that's on you. I can't control your thinking or anything like that. But, you know, it's part of the reason why I kind of enjoy Asian Bakery a little bit now as I get older is, you know, we're, we're a family business. You know, I work with my mom, I work with my uncle, and I work with my aunt. 
it's four people occasionally my uncle will cut another uncle will come in and out but like these are like you know close family friends uncle whatever you know i think uh, most uh you know people of color can kind of relate to that you know you just have a close friend and you just call him like uncle or aunt or whatever the case is they're family um but it's like hey you know like this is my family shop you know we we work hard and it's like if you don't get it that's fine that's absolutely okay you don't want to be patient that's absolutely fine you know what we got more banh mi shops coming up in Rhode Island in the past like two three years than ever before you know everybody wants to put their own spin on a banh mi at different stores because it's a it's a popular sandwich now and it's still well ours is cheap i don't know about other places let me you know <laughs> say that because i've seen some from four or five dollars and to 15 16 bucks and you know i'm like it is what it is but if you're not down with us that's okay feel free to go anywhere else i'm not we're not forcing you to eat here you know and so you you cook and you cook at the shop and you also manage correct i would say i mostly manage uh okay. you know like all credits to my uncle and my uh, my mom because you know they're the ones like you know kind of um making the food they're the ones who marinate you know they're the ones handling the kitchen um I dabble here and there, but I during business hours I'm not really in the back. I'm okay, usually the gotcha. guy in the front, um, you know, making the sandwiches, ringing people out, making the drinks, and it's like everybody has their role, and it's a big role, you know. Like everybody has their little thing. Like if my aunt's working, she's running the in between. She's doing a little bit in the back. She's doing a little bit in the front. So you're doing like the more front of house type of work almost, yes. and putting the sandwiches together. But all the work of like the ingredients and getting everything prepped is your mom and your uncle and then you're also managing yeah so like you know like the carrots and stuff um you know like i'm handling that like sandwich stuff i'm handling but when it comes like to the meats ratios seasonings they're in the back doing all that you know um and it's just because like everybody has their job like it's for them they know how they want it done so they're gonna do it how they like it you know i go do it and it's like oh you got to do it a little thinner you got to do it a little bit and it's like everybody is like if we just do our part the way we want it, everybody's a little bit happier and less, com- you know, there's no complaints. Like there's, it's kind of almost like, like an assembly line kind of like. Pretty much. From like, like there's a, there's a point A where it's like getting the, getting the ingredients in, making them a certain way. And then like, there's like, you know, point Z where you're at and you're making the sale, mm-hmm. but everybody's got like certain parts, like certain points that they take care of. Let them take care of the way they want. Let them manage themselves. Mm-hmm. And as long as like nothing goes completely sideways pretty much it works in harmony so when 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 i when i'm thinking managing when so when it comes to like managing the place like are you doing like the books and dealing with like the health department and the state department and all that kind of stuff when it comes to when it comes to the 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 store for the most part yeah um you know accounting we have that guy he handles that we just got to give him the uh, the numbers of the day every month and all that and then you know he handles the rest so what was that like? Because you're like this lover of food, right? You have foods like in your family. Then your mom takes over the spot. Years of grinding. And I'm guessing, you know, I'm guessing you weren't managing out the gate. Was that like, what was that transition like? Because I, I like, that's a lot for anyone just to be like, hey, you're going to manage this family business. <laughs> I can only imagine what it's like for, you know, a younger kid, like a college age kid. To, to be like, oh, you're going to manage the books of the family business, like, better not screw it up, because, like, the family welfare depends on it. It's like, oh, no pressure. Like, no big deal. Um, I wouldn't say I enjoy it, but it's like, you got to, everybody has to take, you know, their part. So, 
as I get older, I handle a little bit more, and my mom shifts to doing either a little less, or she finds, or she does some handle something else. Um, everybody has to do their part, you know, to make things work. And it's not like it was impossible or anything, but it's like you learn on the fly. You know, it's like a lot of people could probably relate. They probably didn't have help filling out their FAFSA from their parents. All they got was, hey, yo, ma, I need the W-2s. And then you're sitting there filling out, you know, each criteria the way it's supposed to be filled out. And you're just matching up from FAFSA to W-2 just to make sure it's correct. What were some of, like, the, er- like the earliest, like, management challenges or, like, important lessons that you learned in, like, the early days of you managing the spot? I think Department of Health was always a scary one. Because I mean, it just sounds scary. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like it's 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 funny, honestly. Department of Health, it's like it's kind of a, you know, kind of a joke in a way. I want to say because like you leave America and you're gonna find out that Department of Health would go fucking nuts. They end up in South America, anywhere in Asia, they'll lose their minds the way people are selling groceries and meat and everything else. Like, um, have you ever traveled outside of America, like South America, Asia, anywhere? Not as much as I'd like to, but I, I but I have, and I, I understand what you're saying. It's, yeah, it's you know, just they, like the the health codes and everything change dramatically once you go outside the states significantly, and it's like who's right and who's wrong, and it's like it's a mixture of both, because like, you know, we got FDA approved hot dogs that are allowed to have a certain level of feces, roaches, or whatever in them. Well, isn't it? The, I think the uh, the the hot dogs we serve at like um, Olneyville System in New York System. I think we're like we're one of two states in the country. You might be the only one where like there's a certain like dye that's like actual cancer causing agent, but you'd have to eat like so many, so many of them for that. To, but it's a cancer causing agent, and it's just like health department lets that through. So it's just like, what's the criteria here? Yeah, and it's it, it's nuts. You know, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with everything. It's a it's kind of a messed up system, but um, Department of Health was always scary to me because it's like you know, hey, they they have full, full control on you know you like what you would think is right by the book. Is completely could be completely wrong to them, and um, they have all the power in the world. Be like, hey, we gotta close your business down. You're doing like some crazy shit, or whatever. And like, there have been a lot of businesses like I've heard, especially in, like kind of like buffets, you know, not around Rhode Island or anything like that. But like, I've heard stories of like, uh, mop sink chicken. What what is that? It's uh, it's people they'll put chicken to defrost in their mop sink. Before they gotcha. were to like marinate and cook and all that. And I was like, I didn't hear about that until I was probably like 18 or 19. I thought that was like, who the fuck defrosts their chicken at the mob sick? Like, so you thought that was like an urban legend or a joke? And then yeah. You thought it was and then, no, no. And then, you know, like I, I, my friend, he like he whipped out a YouTube video and was like, yo, this is real shit. This Texas buffet got closed down because when they went in, you know, like their chicken was sitting in the mop sink. That is crazy. Yeah. That is insane. And, you know, they, that's just like immediate close. Like, there's just so many factors. And I was always like, you know, I was like, yeah, obviously we can't get closed down. Like, you know, this is our bread and butter. Like, we can't close. We it's it's the bag, essentially. It's like, the you, bag. Like, you, know, <laughs> you can't let you, like, that. it's the only bag right now. It's the only bag. Yeah. You know, like, you know, nobody, especially like for us or anything like that. Like, I didn't learn about investing or anything like that probably until like a year and a half ago. So, like, the only way for me, like, in my head at the time, and, like, and like my mom's was, like, if you want money, you got to work. The concept of, like, your money working for you didn't really kind of, like, get known to us for a while. Like, that was, like, oh, what, what is that? But, um, crap, I don't I don't I, I think I went a little too far off, and I don't remember where we were at. Just, like, what are, what are some of the challenges of you being a young guy having to manage the family business? 
And, um, and like, you know, and the Department of Health's definitely a big one, but are there any other like managerial challenges that you're like, oh, this was a crazy learning experience? Um, honestly, no, but I've always been in the, been, been around food like all my life. Like, uh, I worked at Shogun back when I was young. Um, you know, they were like, hey, you're a big guy. Just don't talk and people will not know your age. And I was like, all right, cool. And, you know, it's funny because it's just because my voice was just so high pitched. That's why. So when I, so there was that. I worked at Froyo World. Um, and another, it was my coworker. She was like, Hey Mikey, if anything ever goes wrong here, just step outside, but don't say anything or everybody's just going to laugh at you. And I was like, wow, this is how you're going to do me. Like no respect on my name at all. Just wait, did you work at the Froyo world on Thayer? No, no, no. I worked at, uh, I worked at, uh, my friend's brothers in, uh, Seekonk and Patuxent Village. Gotcha. Yeah. And like, you so know, that's what I thought Tiny Tiny Giant was. I thought it was like Tiny Giant was just like a clever, like, oh, he's a big dude. He calls himself Tiny. Like, it's that kind of joke. Oh, actually, there was a, that's another factor. It was just because, like, I think what most people realize is like, uh, it, it was floating around. It's like, you know, um, you're not a six foot king. So that's, that's why I, I use Tiny. So when somebody asked me, I was like, I'm just not six feet, yo. <laughs> Do you ever find it difficult, like, having to either mentally or physically switch gears? Like, is, is that ever an issue for you All the when it time. comes to the business? All the time. How do you manage it? Uh, honestly, it's just accepting the fact that you can only control what you can. Gotcha. You know, it's like it's, you, only, you're, you have two hands, you have two legs, you can only go as fast as you can. And it's like sometimes, hey, the, the chicken's just not ready to come out to the front for me to make a sandwich. Can't do nothing about it except wait. Um... And it's just a mixture of, like, you can only do what you can, and that's okay. Um, if people don't get that, you also have to accept the fact that not everybody's you, which is why I like to cut a lot of businesses slack when, like, you know, I got to wait or whatever. So it's like, I've had, I have people waiting on my store. Well, I think it's different when, you, when you're, like, when you kind of know how the stuff, like, you know, you, the, the saying, you know, you know, see how the sausage is made. Like, when you know how stuff is done and how it's made, or you're around people, like, even just doing this podcast for me, like talking to all these different people um kind of getting a sense of what goes on behind the scenes i think you get more of an understanding and a little bit more of an acceptance of cutting people slack which i think is a is a good thing and actually to go along with that is there are there things about your business in particular or just the way the public perceives your business that you like are there things you wish people knew you know um I, mean? I guess it's a little mix of um one i i had done a photo shoot last year everybody's seen it with like my shirt off and holding the bonnies and everything it's just like i thought it was a hilarious picture i was like oh like that was actually one of the reasons i was like all right dad there's something here i want to interview this guy there's, like, there's a story here <laughs> and it's just uh it's i'm not sure if people understand this but like when people are working it's just like i'm not a waitress i'm not a waiter i i can't force a smile unless it's genuine like i can't do it and, like, that's a big reason why, like, I didn't like taking photos as a kid was because, like, why am I smiling if I'm not happy? Yeah, it just this seems like weird. I, like, I absolutely, I'm the same way. I don't, I I don't like posing it. for photos. I'm like, this is this now. Like, unless I'm doing something goofy or something, I'm not going to enjoy it. But, like, a big thing for me was, like, I know that people think I don't want to be at Asian Breaker. And, like, to some extent, I don't. Sometimes customers are, you know, dickheads. Maybe I'm being a dick. And, like, especially during the summer when it's just boiling hot and, like, a customer just is difficult. I... The lack of the the tolerance level just goes down dramatically. Because you're a human being. Like, yeah. You no, 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 no. But like, you know, I'm not trying to give myself an excuse or anything like that. No, but, but it's like, like, like it's a for, mixture. If it's like, like, if it's hot for them, it's like, well, you're next to like the ovens and everything. So like, 
you know, you know, and it's like, you know, I got like last year, you know, it was hot and like, you know, this one customer, she's a, she's a regular, she always comes in and like, I one day I had a toe, I was like, yo, like, I'm, I'm sorry. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you know, like, I'm not like, you know, trying to be mean or anything like that it's just, it's just so hot that like, I'm just trying to get people out in and out as soon as I can. Just because like, it's, you know, the less body heat that there is in the store means that it just might be just a teeny bit colder for me for someone who has to be here all day and you know some people are like oh yeah he always looks mean and i'm like yeah but i mean not I mean, when i went in there i didn't get that vibe from you i mean that's it, was hot as, it was hot as hell out that day <laughs> but it's like you know now it's like you know i i i have to tell my mom it's like you know we got to take the right record like pre- uh you know the right measures to make sure that i can have a decent work environment like it's just and it's just a mood for everybody. It's like if we could keep the store just a teeny bit colder, our mood is just slightly better. If we don't have to have our customers sweating, waiting in line for a little bit, awesome. That's even better. There's a lot of factors. Like, and I care about the like the food that I put out. Like, you know, like if the bread just gets over toasted, chances are I'm gonna be like, hey, yo, you mind waiting a little bit more just so I can redo it. Things like that. And it's like, uh, you know, you can go the little extra mile for some people and it's like they appreciate that. Some customers, though, I'm like, hey, you know, maybe you're too entitled or whatever. And it's like just because you'll pay me doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, bend over and backwards and just, you know, do whatever you want. Like, I just can't do that. It's like, you you know, at some point I realized last year is like just because you are willing to pay me, it doesn't mean I, you know, that you can like disrespect me. Like, if you say you're going to order a platter of food for 3 p.m., no show, no call, nothing, and then at, like, 6.30, you want to come in and say, hey, where's my food? I'm telling you to leave. You 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 had all the opportunity to call, say something, whatever the case is, and you didn't take that chance. I'm very big on just simply telling some people, you are no longer welcome here now. And it's like, I don't think people realize this, but have you ever had an immigrant parent or anybody who's an immigrant really who speaks broken English yell at you or yell at anyone and just witness it, you feel like the shittiest person in the world because you're getting cussed out by someone who can't speak English well. Like you're going to feel sit there and feel so fucking dumb. And like people think that like the when I'm saying something, I'm like, all right, I mean, I'm just trying to lay it to you straight. It's like, you know, telling you from me to me but if my mom assumes that like there's a a problem she's gonna come out there and be like what's wrong and like you know like some dude sat in a chair and i saw him like you know he had a little bottle of like vodka in his backpack and he poured it in his cup he fell off the chair and was like hey why am i paying for my sandwich and i was like why why wouldn't i charge you for a sandwich he was like i just fell and i was like okay but you had the vodka and you don't know how to sit in a chair so what's up and he was like, let me speak to the manager. My mom I don't know came why, it out. just reminds me of, like, not to cut you off, like, Friday. Like, my neck, my back, my neck and my back. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, my mom comes out and she's like, what's wrong? You don't know how to sit in a chair? And, like, this is, mind you, like, it's not even, like, I, I can't even remember it. But it's, like, it's something similar to it. And he's just like, what? And he's like, you're going to pay for food because you can't sit in a chair? You, you you stupid? You can't sit in a chair. And, like, my mom knows the words. Like, whew, she knows the words. So, like, you know, he just stood there and was like, oh, my bad. Like, and I was like, yeah, you know, if you can't sit in a chair correctly, that's not on me. If you're gonna, if you're trying to get free food on top of that, like, if you're gonna be tipsy and drunk, like you, you, like you want to be, you want to be given free food because you decided to get drunk. Like, I'm sorry. Handle your liquor. Like, and you're coming on Broad Street to try to snag a free meal. For anybody listening, um, 
can you explain, just a brief aside, can you explain Broad Street? Because you're like, hey, you're oh. on Broad Street. For anybody listening who's either not familiar with Providence, Rhode Island geography, can you explain Broad Street, uh, which All is where right. Asian Bakery is, if you could just, little explanation, gotcha. you don't have to go super into it. Asian Bakery, 310 Broad Street, Providence, Rhode Island, 02907. We're located right where a lot of um, home unhoused people's shelters are. We have crossroads like three blocks down, one like to the south, actually towards the east. Um, to the south of the store, we have an Amos house, which if I'm not wrong, they actually are a recovery program where they'll try to help unhoused folks get clean for whatever the reason is. I think is. you got that correct, yeah. Yeah, and then they try to set you up with like a job with like some licensing or whatever the case is. Um, I don't think it always works out necessarily, but I mean, if it does, it does. But uh, yeah, we're just surrounded by a lot of unhoused folks, panhandling, all that. Um, yeah, um, the Yelp reviews will tell you that too. Yelp reviews are the best, honestly. Like I, I love the ones that we get. You either get a bunch of people who are afraid of panhandling or you get a lot of uncultured folks who don't have the correct taste buds. And then occasionally I'll see somebody complain about pricing, which, I mean, at that point, I mean, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, shit, you might as well go, to your th- yeah, go get off the dollar menu. I can't. <laughs> seriously. Like. My God. I, I, I got some comments. In le- actually, you know what? That actually leads into a question I have. I, um, it says fast food. Like, it says Asian bakery and yeah. fast food. It's, it's in the name. Why fast food? Because I don't consider it fast food. Like, when oh. I went in there, I'm like, this ain't fast food at all. This is, like, fresh homemade food. This is, like, <laughs> like, like literally, it's your mom cooking it. I was just like, this is mom, auntie, grandma cooking food. Yes. Yet it says fast food. Like, is that, was that just in the name? Or, like, do, a- do, does your family consider it fast food? Is it fast food to them? No, no, no. So it was actually okay. in the name. It was 100% in the name because before, when the original owner had it, she had the buffet style. So she could just scoop it and go because it was everything was pre-made on a steam table. So gotcha. that's why it was fast food at the time. And also, like, I noticed, too, because, you know, you were mentioning banh mi. So would you consider, like, banh mi is, like, the specialty of of your spot? Or is it banh mi and a couple of other things? Um, I think it was originally banh mi and spicy noodles, always. Okay. Banh mi and spicy noodles. Those were, like, the original, like, that's what we were known for by people who knew about us at the time. Um, and then at some point, it expanded into our steam buns. Our egg rolls and our nam chow. Those are like top tier. Those are like the four items you can get. And then whichever sandwich you're going to get, you're probably going to enjoy. So with that, right, because I've noticed like, I'm thinking you could probably just have those things on the menu and that's it. You'd be fine. But I've noticed on the menu there is things like... A thousand items. Yeah, there's like chicken wings, general sows, chicken, things like that. I guess more, um, I'm doing air quotes, but nobody can see me. That's why I have to say I'm doing air quotes. More Americanized stuff was that from the previous owner was that a conscious decision by like your mom and the family to be like no we we need to offer some americanized stuff for like american palettes or something like that. so it's a mixture it's like you know you want people to get like i'm not the biggest fan of the menu because i think it's just actually just way too large and like you know give me a little intimidating like i i I know i'm like okay bond me is the thing especially from that picture i'm Mm -hmm. like that's the thing to get the buns are the thing to get but then there's like 20 other items, and I'm like, why is General Sao's chicken on here? I'm like, I got nothing against it, but I, I was like, that's more Americanized, like, yeah. more Americanized Chinese take. I'm like, I wonder, like, I was just curious, that's why I'm asking the question, mm-hmm. like, why it's on there. Um, It's, you know, we want people to come in. That's what it is. We want people to be like, oh, they have this, so let's try it out. And then if they like it, you know what, just maybe they're going to try something different next. 
And that's why, like, you know, the menu is just so massive is because, you know, the idea is, like, you know, you try one thing, you end up liking another thing. Like, oh, you know what? You could trust this place to make you something good. Like, uh, his name is Zach. He's actually the EMS chief. Um, and he recently went vegan. Actually, well, not recently. He's probably been a vegan for, like, almost two years now. Um, like, usually on, like, the big holidays, he'll, like, he'll call up the store and it's like, hey, let me speak to the guy up front. And, you know, that's me, big guy. And, you know, he's going, hey, I have, like, $50, I need you to, like, make my family dinner. I'm like, all right, what do you mean? He's like, I need, like, two, like, a rice dish, a noodle dish, a soup, um, something, whatever, like, you, whatever you price it out to be. Even if it goes over $50, just shoot me a text and tell me what the price is, and I'm going to come pick it up tomorrow. And I'm like, all right. And it's just simply because he has faith that whatever we decide to make him, it's going to be phenomenal. And it's just all right, cool. I like people like that. You know, I'm not going to do it for everybody, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, if we have that connection, uh, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But for the most part, I'm like, let's stick to the menu. Let's not try to change stuff. Like, there's a reason with the way things are. And, yeah, like, it's a funny note. But, like, you know, some customers will come in. They'll be like, hey, I don't want the pickled daikon. I'm like, I... And before, we would actually, like, take out the daikon from the pickled carrots and daikon because we mix it together. And then at some point... Oh, get that. That's one of the best parts of the sandwich. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're allergic or something. Or that they, could be it. You know, it and it, that's why, you know, only like recently I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense if they're allergic that they can't have the daikon. It's mixed in with the carrots. It's in there. It's mixed in. The essence of it is there. If you're allergic, you're going to get a reaction. And at one mm -hmm. point, so I was like, you know what? Let me just test this little thing out. And it's a very rare one, but, you know, customer comes in and says, hey, let me not, uh, I want the sandwich, no daikon. I'm like, cool, but now you have to forfeit up the carrots. And he, the, and he was like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, you got to forfeit up the carrots because they're mixed in together. I'm assuming you're allergic. Now, I only say you're allergic because, like, why not? Let's just jump the gun on it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, no, never mind. The daikon's fine. I'm like, yeah, okay. That's That was number one. Did it a few more times. And I was like, yeah, you know, these people think that like, before, like, I would take to, but, like, hey, we're getting busy now. Like. You know, like, I have customers that will come in and be like, wait, you don't have a line today? I'm like, I guess not. Or maybe you just missed it. Who knows? Yeah. But I'm like, I don't, we don't have the time to, you know, take this out, whatever, anymore. Like, it's, it's the way it is. If you can't have it, you can't have the other. You know, and, like, most people will say, okay, cool. No, no, no. It's, Put it's, it back it's, in. Again, it's, the, it's the assembly line. You got to keep that assembly line going yes. to make sure, sure it's not, like, complete chaos. I appreciate the fact Mikey talks about this when the challenges of managing a business come up, because I don't think acceptance as a skill is talked about nearly enough. Mikey simply and eloquently states that you need to be aware of and accept what you can't change, and accept the fact that you only have two arms and two legs, and you can only go so fast. I think this is amazing business and life advice, because so often, we don't want to accept there are things outside of our control. And even worse, we think by overworking and banging our heads against the wall to the point of burnout for something that we wouldn't be able to change in the first place is the best use of our time. Spoiler alert, it's not. Practice acceptance so that way you can identify what you can and can't change and use your time and energy as best as you possibly can. Fast food part of it was more from 
the previous owner and mm-hmm. then also the Americanized stuff in the menu being so big, it's to get people in the door. One thing I noticed that I feel like would get people in the door and it's advertised to a degree and like, I'm surprised it's not advertised more so. It's definitely fast food level prices. I've probably spent more on fast food actually. Oh yeah, no, BK is expensive. I was going to say, I've spent more on like, and I don't really like going fast food unless it's like the last resort and it's the only thing open. Mm-hmm. I've spent way more on Taco And by the way, this is not like a slight at Taco Bell, but it, it is what it is. Let's, let's, let's just call it for what it is. Like fast food is fast food for a reason. Um, I've spent way more on, on Taco Bell than I have at your place for a meal that was nowhere near as satisfying. I actually wanted to, because like, I, I came by the other day, I actually wanted to take a picture of the sandwich and the steam bun that I got. And I couldn't because as soon as I got home, I like ate it so damn quick that I didn't have time to take the picture. That's usually the case with a lot yeah, of people. Because it it, it's amazing. And I'm sitting there, and I think that sandwich, and I don't know the price off the top of my head, but it was it was like maybe you could shut some. It was like ten bucks for the both items. Yeah, I, I think it was. It was like it came up to like about ten. One. Yeah, it was like yeah. nine ninety something. I think. Yeah, it was. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I think I threw in like a couple dollars for a tip. I think it was like came up to like twelve bucks. But even that. Like, that's why when you said someone was complaining about price, I'm like, really? Then I knew that's like dollar menu. But like, for what I got, it was amazing. How are you keeping the prices, like the food's that fresh and good and the prices are like that low? I'm like, I'm sitting there like, how are they making money? And I'm assuming you are, otherwise you'd be out of business. <laughs> but like, how are you managing that? Because like, your prices are like dumb chill. For the quality and level of food, they're dumb cheap. And like, that, that. that's, a, that's a testament to like how good the food is. But, like, how are you doing that? I mean, it's a mixture of, like, one, it's, like, the big thing with, like, the Asian community is, like, you raise the price, like, way too drastic, you lose a lot of customers because they just simply won't pay it. And, like, that's, like, you know, like, for us, before, uh, call it like it is, before Bon Me became, like, gentrified and, like, was, like, known to, you know, these people, like, these other groups of people, the Asian community is what kept us going for a lot of the years. And they still keep us going. So it's like, you know, we can't. I would agree because I noticed like not to interrupt you, but like I, I would agree because even years ago when I like heard about Bon Me, like the only spots that to get it were like literally like Asian markets and bakeries that like serve Bon Me and it was great. And now, like you said, it's it's like kind of getting more everywhere, but I'm sorry, but like no, no, I do agree like, yeah, like you had, you had to do that. So, is, so that's the reason behind the pricing was just, it's more of the community that you came from would yeah, it it's, it's it's truly for the people. Like we have never, like I had pulled up a little article of uh, someone who had came in probably in two thousand. I think it was two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve. She wrote an article about me making a sandwich, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" And, she, and then like under all that, it says three fifty or three seventy after tax. It's like four dollars or like three something. In about oh, in about a decade, it's only gone up about two dollars a little less actually that's insane like i know a lot of other places they shot it up they went like they can bring up the price they're gonna go for it no it's like you said like i've had bond me at certain spots it's like 12 to 16 for one bond me mm-hmm. and that's like three of yours yeah you know for like a 20 dollars right now you can still get three bond me's from us before it was four but you know just as this as pandemic has showed us it's everything is going up and when people realize that everything can go up, it's very hard to bring it back down. Like, right now, we're in a chicken shortage. Chicken wings have doubled in price. Um, I haven't done a brisket in, like, a month now because brisket is $5 a pound. I'm just not comfortable trying to charge someone a $20 sandwich. 
Is that a struggle for you, though, as far as like keeping the prices down? Just because there was another episode. Again, I I am now getting more into shameless uh, cross self promotion here, people. So there was the episode with uh, Jen Davis, hmm. who she's the uh, beverage manager for the Eddie and Dirks. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and she made a really good point that uh, you know, hey, like people have this, you know, they put this value on like cocktails and alcohol, but really it's the food that should like should be should be charged more because food is something you need where alcohol is not something you need. And her perspective was, you know, for like the, a lot of restaurants, especially in Providence and especially in Rhode Island, cause I think like we're like a food mm-hmm. city and we're about fresh food and like, we're working on it. We're getting food. there. Um, more so than other places I've been to, uh, either like that, like that the actual value of the food and what goes into it is undervalued. Does, is that ever like, been an issue in your place where it's like, hey, we need to like support the people and keep the prices at this thing, but you know, price of like food is going up, so we have to like reflect that, and also like maybe not so much as your place because it's family run, but if you did have workers, like yeah, pay them. So has, has that ever been a struggle where it's just like, has there ever been a point where it's like, hey, we have to raise the prices? Like, what goes into that, or has there ever been a breaking point, or has that not really affected you? Your no, business? I mean, it definitely has, you know, but it's always been more of like, hey. Do we necessarily have to? Because everything fluctuates. Hey, one thing's going to go up, the other thing might go down, and it still balances out. And so, like that, hey, we don't necessarily have to raise the price just yet. And we don't want to raise the price, but when we have to, we will. Like, um, we've hung on to a lot of prices, usually for a while, but like this pandemic has definitely made us like have to raise prices higher and faster because everything is getting more expensive faster. Like... A year and a half ago, you could probably still buy chicken wings for about a dollar fifty a pound, and this is in bulk. Now you're looking at about three seventy, I think, and that's for the uncut wings. If you want the ones that already cut, four dollars. Like people can't survive on the same prices anymore. Being as somebody that's like again behind the scenes of food, do you do you think food like especially if it's like local and fresh and it's not um. I think Jen made a good point. Like there are certain restaurants in Providence that they're all getting it from the same Cisco truck. And there are other restaurants in Providence where it's local and, you know, et cetera. Do do you, in your, in your humble opinion, do you think food um, in restaurants or food in general is underpriced and undervalued or does it vary by place to place? Like maybe, and I'm not even saying within your spot, just in Mm -hmm. general. Um, it's definitely a mixture. I'd say it's a, there's, there's a balance. Like, you know, if like a business is, you know, promoting organic, uh, locally sourced, they have every right to raise the price to whatever it is. And, you know, like that's why I, you know, I'm, I'm going to still eat at North. I will eventually eat at Big King um, now that they're open for dining. Um, I'm going to make my way there. But like, you know, when these places do that, it's like, yeah, you know what? These guys are, you know, they're getting their stuff from different places. They're getting it from, I don't know, a farm in Smithfield or something like that. They're getting fish fresh caught from Narragansett and everything. We don't work with fish, but, you know, we're, we're getting our stuff from like, you know, from Boston because I we we outsource our bread from Boston, which is um magical. That's I think that's why a lot of people still come to us is like, our bread is amazing. You're not going to find it in... You know, you're at random, your you know, local bakery or whatever. People ask us all the time, I'm like, yeah, we get it from Boston. You know, we drive up there. Well, I drive up there. I go get it, all that, bring it for the week. I go usually about like two to three times depending on how busy it gets. But, you know, 
usually it's about like 500 pieces of bread for the week that's like usually the goal we have um but like no uh yes and no you know it all depends because like some places like i don't know like i look at uh some places i'm like yo you can really kind of tell like they're just trying to make as much money as possible for as like little as possible which is i'm kind of like kind of weeding it out behind owners workers and everything but it's like when there's a lack of integrity behind the food and like in like you could kind of reflect it in their price like hey if you're doing this but you're charging i don't know like five dollars for you know what is it let's let's just say like new york system for example like for me i don't eat there as often anymore because i'm like why is a hot dog 250 like i can't i'm like i'm sitting here i'm like ah i don't know if i could like truly say i support it that much like i'm a pay and stuff like actually maybe even higher now for all i know but it's like some things justified some things i'm like shit i'm not you're not gonna so catch me for you it now. really varies by place to place and like mm-hmm. what they do and like what they're about in the co- and it's like so it's like context it yes. really varies okay gotcha um so we're in a digital world hmm. right and i noticed with the pandemic there were certain places that didn't take cash at all like i try to pay and they're like no we don't do that mm-hmm. um and so now it's like uh you know you can have a point of sale if you have a, if you have a cell phone you can have a point of sale system mm-hmm. which before that wasn't even a thing no yet your spot is cash only specific reason behind that is there plans that like hey we're going to start has has that been detrimental has there been times where people like would want to go in there and realize it's cash only and then they're like oh shit Yes well, and no. I mean, it happens. And it's like sometimes like repeating customers, they'll forget. And I'll just be like, yeah, you know what? I'll let you slide. You know, just hit me with your quick cash app, whatever, just so I can like get you on your way. Like, you know, just want to get you out. <laughs> but, um, you know, for most people, they remember. Some people don't. Like if, a lo- if an order is like large enough, I'll be like, screw it, whatever. I'll take Venmo cash app just to like, again, get you on your way because you know what? You spend enough. But if it's like just one sandwich, I'm like, yeah, no. Or... um and especially, like, you know, now that, like, companies are kind of cracking down on it, like, if they expect that it's a business transaction, you know, they're going to tax your shit. And, you know, nobody wants to do that, but, um, you know, we're going to try to work around it, have a little balance of it. And then you also got to choose, like, hey, if you can remember that I have Venmo or Cash App, why can't you remember we have cash? Like, we're cash only. It's, it's right there, you know? And, but the biggest reason is... My mom and my uncle. You ever try to teach pe- old people technology? That shit sucks. As somebody who worked in IT and I've had to have many arguments with my mom just showing her the basics of the internet and computers. Yeah. So, okay. So that that, like, that explains a good like, amount of it. Like, here's the thing. It's not even like I don't want to do it. It's that they don't know that they're not going to learn it. Gotcha. Like, my mom has openly said, like, if, even if we bring credit card in, I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to use it. I'm just like, all right, say less. And then that's another thing you have to add to your plate specifically if that happens. <laughs> yeah, and it's like she's like, I would do it if you were always there, but like I'm the one who is the one who gotcha. goes out to like buy stuff or things like that. So like, if I'm not here and we can't take credit card purchase, well now we've officially like, hey, we lost a sale. Actually, I think that all right. So I actually is yeah, again, you would think we planned this. Um, I think it's a good segue into a couple of questions I wanted to ask, which is. If you walk into Asian Bakery, right, like the aesthetic of the spot is like old school family business, yes. which I dig. Like there's wood paneling, like there's no, like, <laughs> like it's all like the different, like, you know, um, health posters and all the certifications, like 
It's not trying to be dressed up. It's not trying to be anything that it's not, right? Um, And what I think is interesting about it, though, is that the way I found out about it was more not like, oh, I knew this business for a while. Again, I I found out about it through Die House, through that photo shoot, right? I found out about it more through you and through your Instagram and your social media and (laughs) you being you. And then I'm seeing you around at like, you know, like at Revival and these like in certain night spots and things like that. And um, certain people that you know, which we'll get into in a minute. Mm -hmm. I find that really interesting because, you know, me from a, 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 you know, of the same or similar generation, I'm finding out about through your personality and you being yourself. And yet there's, you know, the business that you have is of like the old school family business. Is that something that you're conscious of where it's just like, hey, I'm going to like promote and make this business for the next. Uh, there was like a video on that you did on social media, which was really cool um, about like things opening up after COVID. And I watched that. It made me want to go in there even more. Mm-hmm. But is that something that you're consciously aware of or you're just like, hey, I'm being myself. And if it gets customers cool, or it's like, oh, no, I, I can't update the interior or I can't try and like change the business that way, but I'm going to change the business in the sense of like I'm going to sell me, and through that it's going to get people. I didn't know if that was a conscious decision or not, but I want to get into that because I think it's really interesting. It, it's a mixture. Um, honestly, I actually started off from the Stay Silent PVD hoodie that I have. That the uh, Stay Silent PVD actually. I'm wearing me a model. Stay Silent PVD shirt right now. Yes. So they had me model this back in Thanksgiving of I think 2019. Yeah, 2019, and. Long story show, I don't think I, I don't really like value myself highly. Like, I didn't really figure out like kind of like my place in the world or anything like that. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to go through that again at some point in my life, maybe multiple times, probably multiple times. But, um, you know, for Stay Silent, like I looked up to these people like, hey, they, you know, they're a large group of people and they fuck with Asian Bakery. Like, that's really cool. And like, they want me to model something. They want um, our family to be like recognized and i was like that's really cool and i was talking about this with um chef brandon puckett um the other day like to some extent i think everybody just needs a little push from behind regardless of who it is like i'm not too sure that everybody gets through life alone or anything like that and shit if you do that's props to you but not everybody's built that way a lot of people need a little bit of extra help from behind some things you got to get through on your own, and sometimes, other times, you got to get through it with other people. So, you know, like Stay Silent, they did that, and then um, another member of Stay Silent was uh, Big J. He was someone who was like, yo, like, you have something great here. And he was telling me, like, hey, you know what? You need to, like, record stuff. Like, keep it as, like, memories or even just, like, show that people, like, you do the work. You know, like, people do the work. And, like, you know. Just I, document the process. Just document the process. Like, one day, you might look back on it, and it's just like, that's really cool. I'm like... And, like, for me, it's, like, I was I like documenting, like, photos and stuff, like, happy moments, things like that, um, you know, photos. But, like, I never really thought to document my the work that we do at Asian Bakery. And after, like, he had, like, told me that, I was, like, you know what? Let me try doing this. And then, like, I started to get, to get more comfortable with it. And then, cool, that's awesome. I do that. And then, cool, pandemic happens. All right. So, pandemic happens, and I'm, like, this really sucks. But at the same time, I'm not sure... And I'm maybe, you know, like, it's definitely a privilege to say, like, we came out of it or not even came out of it technically. Um, but the pandemic helped us a lot. Like, the pandemic helped me a lot to also realize, like, hey, we have something here and I'm going to promote the fuck out of this so I can make money. 
it's a pay-to-play world. So, you know, if you have money, you can play. If you don't, then you kind of can't. You know, you can play within your tax bracket, essentially. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what the big grand goal is, but it's like, I want to have the money there in case we decide to do something else, to maybe expand or whatever the case is. That's like a story for another day. But it's like, we got to do this. And I just had to like kind of roll with it. And I started to enjoy it. Like, I'm not the most... There are some customers who I've never spoken to in all the years that they've been coming to Asian Bakery. And they're like, this is really weird that you're like, we're like, we're having a conversation. And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people tend to think like I'm angry or mean, but like I did the photo to like be like, hey, I am kind. I am nice. I do care. But like, it's, did we ever have a conversation to figure this out? Like, you know, like your experience with me is, is a little bit different because like we had at least spoken on Instagram, so, like, I was expecting you, you know, like, I have an idea yeah, of who yeah. you are, yep. you know, but if it's, like, a random person, I, I just can't, like, I grew up in a, you know, like, I don't trust people very easily, like, if you come at me with, like, a really bubbly high energy, I'm a backup, like, I don't like that, that's, that's, like, concerning for me, like, I'm not sure what it is, but, like, I have to step back and, like, take a look, like, hey, what are, what are your intentions here, like, what's up with you, like, you know, what's, why are you so like bubbly? I'm, all, I'm all about re- like ready to chuckle just because I've like I have an upbeat personality, but there have been people I met that are so upbeat, and I'm just like, why are you this happy at this hour of the day right now? Like, some what's what's especially, up? Especially at 10 a.m. Like, what, yo, what I just you, what do you want right now? <laughs> yeah, like you know, so it's like I gotta step back and like reevaluate real quick. Like you know, some people just come on too strong and whatever. It's like you know, I give you the benefit of the doubt. You know, we'll talk again, whatever the case may be. But then there are some that are just like, oh, yeah, we aren't clicking. Like, I had one customer who, um, and like I've told a, pe- a few people this, but it's like, I had one customer that was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I like you. You know, you're, you, you have a personality. Um, you know, you're not like uh, your uncle over there. I'm like, oh, that's, okay, that's cool, I guess. But like, in the back of my head, I'm like, my uncle doesn't speak English that well. What the fuck did you expect from him? You, you, did you want him to ask him how your day's going? How, yeah, how you like, doing? Like, how's what life? What are you expecting? You know, and I was just like, oh, well, um. You know, especially as like someone who's a pe- person of color, I'm like, how did you, how did you expect this to go? What do you, what? <laughs> he's not gonna care about your day. No offense. He probably like he's just here to make his money. He wants you to make this sandwich. He wants you to pay him and be on your way. That's the transaction. That's what we want. You want to come in. You want to get your sandwich. You want to get out. And at that point, you could just point to them and be like, hey, it's called fast food for a reason. You know, and it's like I'm like. Yeah, like that's a that's a no fly zone for me. I don't I don't mess with that because like it's I don't know whether it's entitlement or just like uh how can you be so inconsiderate to the fact like you've talking to him, you've spoke to him and you can't grasp that he can't have a full conversation with you? Like and after that I was like, Yeah, you know, like some people you just can't and you just gotta take their order and get them out as, as soon as you can. You know? So we talked about a couple of th- instances where it's like hey the decision to be cash only um the what why the store is named the way it's named the aesthetic of it then it's like you being you getting you know different types of customers maybe even younger customers in right mm-hmm. and i think there's this interesting especially with i think family run businesses more so than other types of businesses because you have to deal with the family dynamic especially if it's a family run business that has mm-hmm. been held for like more than a single generation so how important is it, do you think, for your business and any business to, like, 
stay true to what what brought them to the dance, you know, essentially, like rooted in what they do, but then also have this balance of like you need to update certain things in order to like survive and like you know have the bag essentially. Yeah, um, you know that's something that we've talked about, and it's like we've always tried to tackle the problems as they come. Like you know, um, you know the the cash and credit card thing. Like we know there's a little loophole right now with like cash app things like that, and we work those things out. But um, you know, we can't do everything. You know, if people don't want to mess with us because we still do things in old school way, then hey, so be it. Um, I don't know who said it. it Might have been Anthony Bourdain, but a good sign of like a restaurant or establishment that's gonna give you some bomb ass food is three things terrible service um cash only and if the owners don't speak english too well and for the most part living by those three standards i've never been disappointed there you go that that there's the there's the key there folks like, I have not been disappointed, like, you know, especially for me, like, you know, talking about my Instagram page, I'm like, you know, these are all, I try to keep it within, like, these are affordable dishes, you know, like, I can't necessarily promote something that I don't believe in, like, I don't care if you, like, wanted to pay me, but I don't, I just can't live with that, like, you could pay me, but I'm like, if I don't myself am not going to buy a product, I cannot talk about it, and I'm also not here to also, like, shit on anybody's bread, which is why, like, you know, people have always asked me, like, hey, I want you to do, like, you should do, like, a food review thing. And I'm like, yeah, I would, but I'm just not down for that. Because, like, I want you to get your money. And it's just simply my opinion of a place. Like, I, I just don't see myself buying it. I mean, I can't talk about it. But privately, yes, just not publicly. So what I thought was interesting is you were talking about, like, perceptions of you not being this upbeat guy or, you know, perceptions of customer service because I saw a post from R&B artist Hennessy. Hopefully I'm saying that right. <laughs> yes, I love you, her. Where you bought the food to her doorstep. Oh, shit. Which, okay. was, which was crazy. <laughs> um, and I, and it, I don't think that's like the first and only post where that's happened. And like, you know, and I'm, and I'm guessing these are like good friends of yours, but like, it seems like you got a pretty damn good approach. It seems like be the opposite. Like you got a like a awesome approach to customer service. Maybe maybe I guess it's the only the people that you like. I don't know. But if you want to go into that a little bit, I mean, so it's a mix. You know, it's like I know these people. Like I talk to them. I, you know, I'm like I genuinely care about their day. Or hey, you're in the hospital. Like, are you okay? Like, do you need something from See, me? I'm right down the street. That's why I think it's the opposite. <laughs> I think you have a great approach to customer service. Oh, I mean, so but maybe... that's the thing. It's I don't know if maybe it's like a you know a protective thing of just like you know kind of growing up and like. Um, you know, I was a fat kid. I've always been the fat kid. I'm the big guy. So, like, the jokes came. You know, I was bullied for that crap. So, like, at some point after middle school, I was like, yeah, you know what? We're going to look mean so that people can't fuck with you anymore. And so I try to, like, kept, keep that mentality. And, like, that, for the most part, has carried me. And, like, I don't want to do that anymore. I've embraced it. Like, I, I love being big. It's dope. But it's probably not healthy anymore. So we're also working on that. Um, but it's just be genuine. You know, like, I've, hey, I saw Henny C tweet that she wanted a, wow, a bond me and some bubble tea. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make her day. I went into the store, made a sandwich, got her bubble tea, pulled up, and she had a show that day. And it's like, if you can help someone's day just be, like, slightly better for, like, a big moment of theirs, it's like, why wouldn't you do it? Especially if they're your friend, especially if they're, like, you know, you're they're your friend, like, you're going to do it. Especially if, like... 
I don't have anything necessarily better to do right now. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm like, I just want you to have a good day. Why not? Right. Um, and it's like, those are some big moments for me. Cause like during early on last year, I had this one, I have a, actually a, a long list of customers that I've just like, I am so grateful that I met you. Like you have taught me to be a great human being. Um, there's this one doctor who went to Brown Med. He would always come in at like literally the last minute of the night and order a chicken pad thai. And, you know, eventually at some point, you know, we just got to know. I can't even remember his name. It might be Chris. But like if he's out there, like I hope he's doing well. Um, he might have moved back to Jersey, live with his grandma um, or wherever his job has taken him now. But it's like, you know, you meet so many good people along the way that like at some point, like, hey, if this small interaction has made me feel this way and i haven't seen him in like six years now probably and it's like and yet this guy still like sticks and sticks in my memory you do the small shit and people are gonna love you like you're not gonna forget that like he came in and was like hey yo like how's your a1c now it's like oh it went down and like you know we had like a little like woo that's awesome that's great that's fucking awesome and it's like yeah you know you these are people who care, so you're gonna pass that shit on. Um, I don't know if you watch anime or ever watch Naruto. A, a, a little bit. Okay. No, here's the thing. Uh, I'm that brief aside on on Naruto. For whatever reason, and maybe it's because I like my first exposure to it was the the um, the American English one. Oof. I just want to punch Naruto in the face. <laughs> I'm like 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 you know how like there's some people that are so damn upbeat like you want to smack yeah, them yeah like. Naruto was that for me, and maybe it's because I didn't watch the Japanese one. But like my first exposure to it was like the one the first the first time I ever watched it was the tsunami, like the, the English one. Right? And he was just so like, I don't do the, 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 the. and I thought it was like I thought it was a parody of anime. I'm like, wait, this guy's serious. And I'm like, I want to <laughs> smack him. And it's <laughs> so, so funny because like that's how like a lot of le- leading male protagonists are in anime. It's it's and I, and I just that's, it's the book of success. May, maybe maybe that's why I like Vegeta. Maybe that's why he's my favorite anime <laughs> character because he's not that guy. Got and you. I'm like, I can identify with him. So. So the thing is, like in Naruto, Sasuke tries to live a life on his own, tries to be great, tries to get the power, all this on his own. At some point, it clicks like, I don't want that. You want a life filled with good people, good memories. You're not going to make great memories on your own all the time. But you definitely do want to have people around you that are good for you. So like, um, you know, him, he was one. I met a guy named Jake who would always come in, always put on his friends from, and he went to Brown. He, I think he's doing music out in LA now. Hopefully he is. And I'm like, oh shit. Like I, and it's like a big part of me is like, I try to get these people's social media at least, just like at least Instagram or anything. And at some point it's just like, yeah, like even if it's like, we don't even ever talk again or whatever, but it's like, I hope you're doing well. Like, I want to make sure that you're doing okay. Like, and if I see something like you're having a bad day, you know, like, let me ask you, cause like, we've talked before so at least it's coming from a place of like genuine interest or like i care you know you're a big part um like you you are a portion of why i am who i am today um another another person's like local photographer leon i actually went to middle school with her and it's cool because like you know things come back you know she came in and i was like you know what would you mind doing this photo shoot like this is an idea i have and it's like i know her i'm comfortable around her to be like yeah i'm gonna take my shirt off let's do this photo shoot and you're gonna come across people in life that just make you feel really good and it's like keep those people around and it's like i know a lot of like social media like oh do not live your life by twitter advice 
some of it's good. Some of it's bad, but take what you can from them and like you know make your own versions of it. Yeah, yeah. Because like a lot of people get too lost and caught it. up in it, and it's like, you're, are you even? I got a social media question for later. Okay, but uh, uh, not not to not to go break that up, but like that's that's I'm just keeping that in the pocket right now for later because I got I got definitely got a question about that. But I noticed like the p- good people you keep around, for example, like Hennessy, mm-hmm. musician, right, and I. In my humble opinion, I think two two things that any culture can make that can cross cultural barriers is food and music. Where you don't, you don't need the you don't need to know the language to appreciate the food and music from another culture. It's a feeling, right? So, how like does food? Because I noticed you know some musicians and whatnot, and you've even been at, at some events that combine food, food and music. Um, I think like you know. There was one at like Revival that was kind of like combining the two. Yeah, yeah. So it was a uh, Hush 2.0, um, which I think is a. That's it's a low. It's low key bass bass, and uh, I don't know if it's exclusive to Brandon Puckett, but I think it is because Hush 1.0. Oh no, it's not because they actually did it with Ness as well. And and bass was on. Uh, you know, Mike of Bass PVD was on another episode. Yes. So it's some more shameless cross self promotion here, <laughs> but um. How, like how is that how how do you view that like does food and music intersect a lot for you 100% always you go to a, any asian party they going to have both you go to any party they going to have both like you can't have music without food or at least some drinks or whatever like in one way or another sometimes if a event is strictly music then it is what it is but like if you're around you know good friends all this you're going to have food and a big thing for me is I always try to have food. Like, Ness's farewell tour was stupid. I realized, because I had never gone out prior to 2021. Like, I didn't really go out like that. I was the stereotypical Asian, just not intelligent. Um, You know, just working. Just work, work, work. That's all I knew how to do. And I was like, yo, this pandemic has made me realize, I don't want to live a life like that. That shit looks terrible. Like, it's stressful. So you got to find a way to de-stress. His farewell tour, I was like, you know what? Let me go out. Have a drink, whatever. And the first night that I went, I went to New York System. Had a grilled cheese with a grilled cheese deluxe, cheese the fries. So much regret occurred at like 4, 4 a.m. So <laughs> much regret. Because I haven't, I, hadn't, I did not eat New York System for like months ever since I moved into Warwick. Like I just, it was no longer on my way home. So I didn't really like pick it up or anything like that. For those that don't know Rhode Island or Prime's geography, quick two sentence elevator pitch on what New York System is, just so people know. Uh, wiener, not a hot dog. M- some type of meat sauce from a package, mustard, onions, and celery salt on a steamed bun. It's phenomenal, but definitely be under the influence of. It's it's phenomenal greasy spoon food. Yeah, when like, when you're when you've been under the influence of something, of something, something yeah. <laughs> of either or, you know. And I was like, I was like, yo, I don't. I was like, and a big thing for me is like, I need to also understand that, like, pay attention to how food makes my body feel. Like, I'm not in high school anymore where I could put away like five McDoubles and feel like I could take on the world right after. Like, I can't do that anymore. I feel like shit. So, like, New York System, that's a very once in a while thing. Now, actually, ever since that night, it was probably what, like mid May, I have not gone back since yet. And it's ever since then, I started actually like, kind of bringing food and leaving it in my car so that after i drink i'll have a food that won't make me feel like crap 
the next day so, or day after or the day after yeah so like i'll one night i had banh mi's in the car just waiting another night i had fried rice and then another night i had like spicy noodles just waiting and it's like for me some friends whatever it's just like yeah nobody's had a drunken banh mi before at some point i want to be the guy who pulls up to the club and is like hey yo who wants a banh mi instead of a chimi? I feel like we're going to need the, the Asian bakery food truck at some point. Some point. Or a pop-up shop or something like that. We're working on the pop-ups. I just did my first one. That was, that was pretty cool. Oh, where was that at? That was with um, House Party Vibes over at their um, studio in Pawtucket. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, Carlos and Norland, you know, they're wonderful people. And it's like, these are the two guys that made me want to do a pop-up with them because I just fuck with them like that. They're cool people. They're genuine. Like, they gave me the details. And I was like, Cool. This, you make my life easy. And like, that's how it should be. It's like, if you're going to do something, keep it easy, keep it nice and smooth, and do it with people that you actually, like, you know, fuck with. Wanna, like, if you do a project with. You know, exactly. Like, if you're not, you know, down to do something with somebody, then don't do it. That's it. You're not obligated to do anything with anybody. But, you know, it's like, when you meet cool people, it's like, yeah, you know, naturally you're going to want to do stuff like, oh, you know what? They have an idea and this is how they kind of want to do it. Let's see where you can kind of fit into this and everybody's going to eat now. Doing what you want to do and then food regrets are two interesting points because it leads into my next question, I think, beautifully, which is what is your opinion on food trends in terms of, we were talking about before, like things getting adopted like from a food gentrification standpoint? And what is your opinion on food trends that like they go viral on like TikTok or Instagram or whatever? Do you, do you partake in them from, like, a person that's just interested? Do you ever go, like, hey, we need to do this food trend here at the shop? Like, no. we could probably do a better version or something. Like, what's, what's, your opinion, no. what's your opinion on all that? On food trends. Anybody else want to do them? Absolutely do them. I did the watermelon and mustard thing. I found it was good. It tasted like a salad vinaigrette type of situation. I rolled with it. Some people don't like it. I think y'all are soft. Who cares? Whatever. You know, maybe y'all don't got matured enough taste buds, but, you know. To each their own, um, but like yeah, you know if you can if you can um, like I'm saying like food's always gonna get better, so like poke bowls and stuff like that like back in like 2013 which is uh yeah like 2013 I had told my old boss like hey you should do this and you know he was like yeah I don't really want to do it and like at the time as a kid I was like what the hell's wrong with you why wouldn't you do it like you have the money to the only reason why I'm telling you this because I ain't got money to do it. <laughs> And, like, that's honestly a big thing with, like, a lot of things. Like, sometimes you just don't have the money. Sometimes the numbers just ain't right that they're not in your favor to do stuff. Money is a big factor in why people can't do something. Do you see food trends with, like, that has to do with some of the things that you serve? Like, for example, Bon Me getting adopted. Does it ever, do you ever look at it and go, oh, I can I can do better than these people putting out this, like, their version of Bon Me right now. Like, our, our shits, like, can blow that out of the water. Or is it more just like, all right, cool, like, it's popular now, that means more exposure for me, or is it, like, a half-and-half half thing? It's, like, half-and-half. Half. Like, I mean, I don't really care if, like, you do a better one. Hey, if you do a better one, that's awesome. Guess what? Now I want to try I want to see why it's better. Gotcha, okay. Because food's going to get better. So guess what? If you did better than us... Let me find out why you did better than us. Does the opposite happen where you go see some like high price popular version, then you go have and you're like, this isn't that great. No, I actually have a big thing for myself. And like, you know, Troop has one. I actually never have had it. And I love the folks at Troop. But I just refuse to buy it because I'm like, for, for $15, I'm going to go find something else to eat. 
that's on their menu. Like I fuck with like their pinnacle. I mess with like the uh, was it pimento toast? Their specials are always on. Point yeah, too. Like, too. Yeah. Sometimes I, I don't had, even get out the mail. I'm like, what is the special for next day? I know it's gonna be like amazing. I had ribs the other day, and I was like, yes, this is the one. So it's like you know, it's not like anything, but it's just like. Would I want to spend fifteen dollars on a sandwich that I can possibly make at the shop, or do I want to spend fifteen dollars on something that I don't feel like making or putting the time into? That's a good point too. I'm gonna put the money in the fifteen dollars of the, you know, the rack of ribs that I'm about to eat. Well, it's like it's like me being being part Italian. Like I grew up in an Italian family, and I can mm-hmm. cook Italian. That's why I never go out to eat on federal. Not that like a lot of federal hill isn't probably isn't even Italian anymore, but I would I usually don't go over there just because I'm like I can make all this stuff. Like, Naturally, I'm gonna go somewhere else. So okay, that. That that makes sense. Yeah, so that's a big thing for me. It's like if I'm gonna do it, like for me, if I'm gonna maybe do it, it has to be like something special. Like, oh, maybe uh, you know, like there's a bunch of ideas like in the notes section of like just driving. Um, honestly, I'm gonna say because I, I don't really care. A lot of my food ideas come while I'm actually sitting on the toilet. <laughs> like I don't know what it is, but I think a lot of people relate where a lot of good ideas just happen when they're doing number two, or doing number one, whatever. It's just like sometimes you're just thinking like, wait. That sounds phenomenal. I would say driving on the toilet or in the shower are like the, the three, three best. Split. Yeah, 100%. Like the three places where everybody gets their ideas. Driving is the one that sucks though, because you then can't I write had, it down. no, I can't write it down. But like, shout out to smartphones, you know, just click the little microphone button and it just handles all of it. Or at least to some extent, I could look at it and be like, that's what it was supposed to be. Like the banh mi pizza that I had Javi do while at um, Nice Slice. He was like, all right, yeah, I got you, 100%. And it's like, you know, it's not like something I could do often, but I was just sitting there and I was like, why could this work? Why wouldn't it work? And it's like, I don't plan on working for anybody else. Like, I don't think that's in my line of, like, my future or anything like that. So it's like, I'm going to have fun with this. Like, let's see how it is. Let's see how it works. And that's, like, my version of building up a resume. The more I eat, the more different things I eat, the more I know. Like, this would go good. This would be weird. And, like, I think, like, in one place that does, like, an amazing job at it is, like, North. Like, they do some crazy stuff there. I'm just sitting there, like, how does that even, why would that, that should not work. And then I have it, and it's like, whoa, that is pretty good. This eating and building up of the resume, because I've noticed, like, I've had other people on the show that work in the food and drink industry, and one thing that I've noticed when it comes to just something in the water in Providence. I do notice a lot of bars and restaurants in Providence. Like, yes, there's competition, but they're also very supportive of each other. Maybe because we have this little brother syndrome to Boston. Maybe we're trying to stack up against other cities. <laughs> but it seems like, at least from the people I've met, maybe you could tell me different, but it seems like a lot of restaurants are very supportive. Like, yeah, there's competition, but there's not a lot. It's not like cutthroat to the point where like we want to, like one restaurant wants to see another one fail. I haven't encountered that yet. No. Um, for you, and I've noticed, like, your social media, you're posting about, like, how you, not even just province, like, props to you because you're even beyond province. You're going to other towns and having their food and it's, a, you know, and, and shouting them out. Is that this adding to the, like, the mental resume food idea? Is it because you're a lover of food? Is it because you think there's something in the, the culinary scene of Rhode Island and Providence that it's more collaborative, um, you know, or is it a mixture of all those three things? It's a mixture. Like, I, I like traveling for food because it's like, it gets me out of the house. I like driving. Let's drive in a direction that has food. Uh, I love going into Boston because there's just so much Asian food. Um, so much Asian food. Wow. Um, bubble tea. There's so much more out there. There's a place called Mogi, and they do, like, some crazy taro where they actually put taro pudding, like, the actual root inside of it. Oh, damn. And, like, it's actually, like, it's a pudding. So, you know, you can actually drink it and stuff. And, like, 
you know, if you're not like used to eating taro, like just the powdered artificial stuff, you won't like it because you're not used to the fact that it's like a very neutral flavor. It almost like it's almost like mashed beans almost. But I love that stuff because I grew up with it, so it's really good. And you know, for some people they don't like it. Some people whatever. Another drink I had from them was like dragon fruit, and they had like mashed dragon fruit at the bottom of the drink oh, in replace of boba. And I was like, nobody's doing like stuff like this. And it's like, I want to eat stuff like that. Like, I want to eat the funky stuff, the weird stuff. Like, why not? At least try it, you know? And Boston just has, like, a bigger audience. Like, sometimes I just really want to be surrounded by Asian food. And there's just not enough in Rhode Island for me. Like, people think I'm crazy for sometimes wanting driving to Philly just to eat and come back, like, literally within, like, 24 hours. Speaking of that, how do you think Providence, the city of Providence, how do you think Rhode Island just from... Not necessarily like one type of food, but from a culinary standpoint, how do you think it stacks up against other cities you've been to? Um, honestly, Providence has a good range. Uh, I mean, it's definitely not like a New York where we have all this, and it's just because we don't have the, necessarily have the audience for it. Like, you know, I love my chicken swarmer from Mike's Calzone, but like, if I want like a gyro and like good halal food, it's like I might have to go to Boston or at least go into New York. For really good halal food. And it's like if you can have the best, it's like, yeah, you want it. Because it just keeps raising the standard. Like it's almost kind of why I'm like I'm genuinely afraid of going to Japan. If I have the sushi there and I have to come back to the sashimi here, I'm going to be heartbroken. You're going to ruin it for yourself. Anybody who's been to Japan and had sashimi, sushi, all that, or ramen even, they come back and just frown upon everything around them. And it's like, I'm not ready for that because I love Ebisu. I love Sakuratani. Like, I'm not emotionally ready to be like, oh, no, you are no longer absolutely delicious. Have you been to the Ganko Itetsu, the mm. one on there? Yes, I have. And I'm not the biggest fan of it, to be honest. Really? Yeah. It's just like, you know, between the noodles, the broth, I'm just like, it doesn't feel rich enough or like whatever the case is. I was like, yeah, this also ain't like spicy, even though it says spicy, whatever. So it's like a little variety of things and not to like nitpick too much, but like, for me, ramen, the best is like Ebisu or Sakuratani. And it's just all about how far you're willing to drive from where you are. One quote from your social media, because we're on the subject of local. Oh, shit, a and, quote. And I, think, and, and I think it's a good, because we're, we're coming up on the end here, and I think it's a good way to kind of like round this out, close this out. It says, don't be foolish putting off getting food from a local spot. You might not get the chance to give them your money later on. How crucial... Is it, you know, in your humble opinion, whether it's food or anything else, for people you were talking about, you know, getting takeout uh, earlier, how crucial is it for, you know, in your opinion, for people to shop and buy local? Uh, honestly, my opinion on it is that if it's good, buy it. And if it's not, you don't have to support it. It's that simple for me. You could be a local business and I can love it and I could, and like, I, I could love you as a person, but if your product is not good, I'm not going to keep buying it just because I want to put, uh, just because it just doesn't make any sense for me to waste my money, unfortunately. Gotcha. And like, I hope people understand that. And it's like, it's something that I understand because like your name will get people through the door, but it's your product that will keep people coming back. Yeah. If the product sucks, the product sucks. And there's no it. way around it. Like the pandemic, like, you know, some businesses closed down and like some of these businesses were unfortunately, they were bad. Maybe it was time for you to close up and like take whatever like you could take whatever loan whatever the money came with but then you could just go you're done you just got like a, a bit of cash go the other way find something new or rework whatever you were doing 
because a lot of businesses like they i think they made a come up honestly during this pandemic like people had to get creative they had to figure out okay we need to figure out how we're going to make money bills aren't going to stop coming so you know you get creative you do what you got to do and like some businesses open up some businesses close down and it's just like i guess i want to say life like some things just don't work out and it's a sign where you just got to take it and go is this really what we are should do or is it time to move on and find something else instead of like dragging a dead body like dead weight. What I think is really interesting about that too, and I, I'm glad you mentioned it. What do you think? Like, all right, let me let me see if I can word this in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the way that I've like when I've talked to friends about the you know the results of COVID and pandemic and just its effect on the world, the way I've I've stated the way that that to me is like you ever watch a TV show where one like a season will end and then the next season they do like a time jump, mm-hmm. so it, it like it jumps like five years in the future. And at first it's like disorienting, but then they spend the rest of the season, like explaining what the hell happened in those five years or they'll Mm -hmm. make references to it. Yeah. I'm like, imagine if the whole world did a time jump, but then none of us remember what happened in those five years in the time jump. And I I feel like COVID like accelerated certain things in the world. Five years, like maybe even more. Yeah. Like a time jump happened but we don't remember anything like it no, was no, just no, no, like no. collective I, I, amnesia. I, 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 and I get, like I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I get that because like I don't think I ever had plans to do a pop up. I don't think I ever had any plans to do things like trying to reach out, do this and that. So, but the pandemic said, hey, life is going to go on whether or not you go outside or not and do this stuff or without. And I'm like, I don't want to die with these ideas. So, so what do you think the future holds? Because I, I think going along with that. To, to get to my question is that it forced people to rethink things or certain businesses for whatever reason, whether it was just, you know, I'm not going to go into the machinations of how everybody runs their business. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe some deserved to go cause they weren't updating. Maybe some didn't deserve to go. And it was just a tragic thing that, that happened. No way, right. It was yeah. unfortunate. Whatever the reasons are, what do you think the future holds now for your business, but then also for like food businesses in general, because, COVID made this time jump happen where you have to kind of rethink the food game and the restaurant game a bit. Well, right now, honestly, you know, restaurant workers went from being an essential worker to being pretty much trash, more or less at this point. You know, every, every you know, food joint, whatever you got going on, more than likely, they're asking for help. Like, there's more money to be made doing something else or sitting on your ass or whatever it is. Like, you know, I haven't been keeping up with that. But, you know, it's like, for at least for me it's like you have no other option but to be great you need to become great for whatever the hell you want to do and if you don't want to do it you don't have to but i want to do this i want to see what my mom has given me and i want to see where it can go and like you know it's definitely tough but like you know i'm surrounded by people like years ahead of me and it's kind of like, I guess, you know, I'm like, I'm learning from people's mistakes. Like, hey, you know, when you're a kid, your mom says you don't touch the hot iron, right? But you know what you're going to do? You're going to go touch it and you go and learn from it. I don't want to have to go learn from it anymore. These people have probably already been through it. So guess what? If they tell you how they did this and then it turned out poorly, well, now you have a reason to be like, okay, maybe this way isn't going to work out for you. So let's try another method. Or even then, maybe some of the people around you, they're going to go, hey, maybe if you do it like this, 
we can be successful in this way and now we can still now you could get your now you can get still make money and it's like when you're surrounded by people who aren't trying to be you know envious or whatever you're going to be surrounded by a good group of people that are willing to give advice freely without even like necessarily thinking about it just because they want it they don't get they don't gain necessarily gain anything from you they're just like hey if you do it like this there might be something and then you know as another creative perspective it's like sometimes we don't necessarily want your input and like i think car uh, carlos or and norlin had said it best it's like if you got the damn ideas go fucking do it yourself like you know we have our we have a way of we want to do things and we're going to do it that way because maybe that's just how we did it that's how we want to do it and that's because it's our style of doing it like by all means like if you have it the idea proceed with it but like Sometimes I'm not. We're not asking for your input on how to do something. We just want to do it our way, the one that feels authentic to us. Speaking of learning from mistakes, I think this is um, this is going to be the last question. So I think it's a really good one to actually really end it on. You're talking about you're, you're learning from um, other people's mistakes and learning from other people in general. Yeah, mistakes, anecdotes, all anecdotes, that. all yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. What are what are the things that you've learned and like, you're still on this journey, you're still learning, but what are, what are things that you've learned that if you could like give to your younger self, or maybe there's another, there's another version of you out there that's going to be on the come up. What advice would you give to that person from what you've learned? Hmm. One, ah, maybe it's just, maybe just one. It's like, it could be one. It could be multiple. It could be just, multiple. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, go, I mean, go for it. Go off. Surround yourself with good friends, and you'll kind of pretty much make it anywhere. Surround yourself with good friends. Yeah, that's that's my big one. Not 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 family because you can't pick your family. You know, family's family's not always the best. I'll be the first one to tell you that right now. But your friends, you chose you choose those people, and if those people can you know elevate you, make you become great, inspire you, motivate you, and all that, those are the people you need to be keeping around. Like, Rhode Island is on the come up. And if you're not, like, you know, you're not aware of what Rhode Island is doing, specifically Providence, Cranston, and, you know, actually, yeah, Providence, Cranston, Pawtucket, Central Falls. If you're not aware of what's going on in these little places, you're going to miss out big time. There's a lot of, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of stuff coming out of this place, out of here, the, like the small estate, the creative capital that people are going to miss out on. And, that's okay, but you know you don't want to be someone who gets caught missing out and then fakes it at the end of the day. You don't want to be late to the party. Definitely don't want to be late to the party, but you also don't want to run on some, you know, you don't want to be too early either. You don't want to be too early either. <laughs> <laughs> With that, that is the last question, but, you know, tradition on the show, and I stole this from Hot Ones, so I'm not, and I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I stole this idea from Hot Ones because I think it's a good way to end the show. Um, but... For, for this version, you don't have to eat crazy spicy wings. I mean, if somebody wants to come on the show and do that, that's fine. But I'm not forcing anyone to. Uh, the mic, the open mic is yours. Promote whatever you want to promote. Say whatever you want to say. A hot take. You have an open mic to say whatever you want. Live mic. Go for it. Have integrity with what you do. Move genuinely. And the money will follow. All right. Yeah. Also, um, 
Brandon Puckett, you need to bring back the pork belly bows because uh, a lot of people are asking. So now this has to be publicly done. We need we need Hush 3.0 uh, expeditiously, Imag- <laughs> like like as soon as we can. <laughs> and if and if and if somebody's listening to this and Hush 3.0 already happened, it did not happen yet. Yeah. Oh wait, but but this is gonna get released. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Not, not even that. Like if somebody's just listening, like catches on to the show years from now, and listens to it, and you went to it. Uh, Find find me or Tiny on social media and tell us how it was, or maybe we'll have a uh, another year end recap episode or something where we'll talk about it. But for now, um, depending on when you're listening to this, yeah, yeah, let's let's uh, let's make that happen. All right, yeah, that's a good way to end it. Um, thank you for coming on, man. No problem. Really Thanks for having me. This it. was fun. I actually like. I mean, I texted you midway through this just to be like, yo, we can go on longer because the conversation <laughs> was good. Like, I, I like talking. Like, you can get me talking. We're going to talk. Well, with that, thank you for coming on. And whoever's listening to this, thank you for listening. And until next time, see you later, everybody. And that's it for this episode of The Creative Capital Show. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks goes to this episode's guest, Mikey Feng Lee. The Creative Capital Show is hosted, recorded, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Jason Silvia. You can listen to The Creative Capital Show over at our website, creativecapitalshow.com. We're also available on Anchor FM, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. If you like the show, please subscribe. Helps the show out a lot. And be sure to follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, and YouTube. I hope you enjoyed the show, and until next time, keep on creating.